0: Thank you, Stephen, that was beautiful. Well, welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Kurt Davis. I'm so glad to see you all. It's great to be worshiping with you here today. I wanted to invite you to do something. At the end of your row, there is a booklet if you wouldn't mind opening that up and signing in and passing it down the road, we'd really appreciate that. If you're worshiping online with us, uh, I want to invite you to sign in to register your attendance as well. If you're on the website via the live stream, if you will back out of full screen mode, there's a little red rectangle above the video screen that says register your attendance. Uh, click that, fill out the form, come on back. If you're on Facebook Live, you can register in the event page. Well, there's a few things happening here in the weeks to come that I want to let you know about. First, we have a newcomer's lunch scheduled for Sunday, September 12th, immediately following this service. So it'll be from 12.20 to 1.20 p.m. We will do it as a hybrid thing. So if you want to connect online, we will make that accessible to you. But we will have lunch in person, and we will create space as well uh, so that we can do this safely. And want to let you know um, this is a great way for you to get to know us, for us to get to know you, and for us to share a little bit more about who we are and where we're headed, and all the great ways that you can get connected and be involved here uh, at Wesley QMC. So sign up on the events page on the website. That is the place to do it. Next Sunday, September 5th, will be a bittersweet day. We will be sending off and saying farewell to our children's ministry director, Megan Getman. uh, And we will be welcoming uh, children first back here in person during the 9 a.m. service, so where, where kids take the lead in worship. It is so much fun. If you've never experienced it, it's an absolute blast. And then immediately following that, we'll have a program for Megan, and then we'll move to the parking lot to eat ice cream treats and donut holes and just give you all a sugar high and then you're gonna have to run it off, okay? But it's gonna be an absolute blast next Sunday between the two services, uh, come on out and join us. We are excited because Sunday School Kickoff happened today for our kiddos and for adults as well, it's very cool. Um, they did a service project as well to wrap it up today, so very, very fun stuff. Just want to let you all know there are so many different opportunities for you to connect in classes and groups from kiddos to youth to uh, adults, so a lot of great, great stuff. Check out the website uh, for that information. We have something cool happening beginning Tuesday, September 7th. It's called Disciple One Fast Track. So if you lead a busy life, but you are interested in a comprehensive Bible study, this is the place for you. Pastor Tracy is inviting you to participate in this, and it will be a 12-week um, um, growth course. It's going to be fantastic, uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. Um, each, each week on Zoom. So it will give people kind of a broader chance to participate in that. Also sign up on the events page on our website. And then one last thing, we are hosting a flu vaccine clinic here at the church in partnership with CVS Pharmacy uh, on Thursday, September 9th, 9:30 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. Uh, hey, why not? <laughs> Limit your risk. This is a great opportunity. You can also sign up on the events page on the website. That part sounds like a broken record, but hey. That's the place to go for all these things. Where? The events page on the website. All right. Thanks, everybody. Happy Sunday.
1: Our opening hymn this morning is When Morning Gilds Disguise, hymn number 185. Here in the room, it's unfortunately still not safe to sing together, but folks at home, sing your hearts out for us. Let's stand, please. (laughs)
2: Good morning and welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor and I'm so glad to see all of you here worshiping with us, those of you here in the room, and of course, all of you who are joining us online as well. Each Sunday when we gather together to worship, we carry many things with us. We carry things that weigh on our hearts. This week in particular, uh, we have lots to carry. Um, These flowers here and the memorial candle on the altar table are um, in honor and memory of all those we lost in Afghanistan this week, so we carry that. Um, We also are aware that the people of New Orleans face another potentially devastating storm on the anniversary of Katrina. We're aware that the people who live in Haiti um, are recovering from an earthquake, even as... Uh, you know, a tropical storm hits their, hits their, um, their country. We carry all of these things on our hearts. And so as we are gathered together in worship and as we are called to worship this morning, I want to invite us to pray with the psalmist this prayer for changed hearts. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and put a new and right spirit within us. Do not cast us away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain in us willing spirits. The one in whose name we gather shares a deep and abiding peace with each and every one of us. I want to invite us now to turn and share the peace of Christ with one another. The peace of Christ be with you all.
1: young at heart to come forward for children's time folks at home gather your kids around
3: I'm sure that there are, I don't know where the camera is, children out there watching, and then we have children here, right? We have the young and the young at heart. Um, boy, when I looked at today's scripture, I thought, ooh, this is a doozy. <laughs> it's a, it comes from, it's talking about rules. So let's see, I, I know that all of you have some rules that you like other people to follow, and then you have rules that, that you follow. That, share with me some rules. Shoes off in the house.
0: If you use the ice cream scoop, wash it immediately. (laughs) If immediately
3: immediately. If you use the ice cream scoop, you wash it, dry it, put it away. And you know when we when we come up with these rules, when they have a good intention behind them, right? If you wear your shoes in the house, you track mud and germs and dirt in the house. If you leave the ice cream scoop in the sink, that ice cream turns gummy and gross, and it is hard to get out. Right? So I can think of another rule, and this is something that's in our scripture today, wash your hands. Oh man, we have been washing our hands, and washing our hands, and and that's a good rule. Um, But some really big, fancy rule followers called the Pharisees were visiting, um, they came to check on Jesus in Galilee to see what he was up to, and they're like, oh, Jesus, why are you letting, uh, you're eating with people who are ceremonially unclean, and that's not cool, right? And Jesus always flips things around, right? And Jesus said, you have taken these rules and made your rules more important than God's rules. So we know, right, the 10 best ways to live, and it boils down to two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. And sometimes when we're so caught up in keeping our rules, we forget to do it with love. So I'm going to do a little prayer today, and um. What we're going to do is pretend that we're washing our hands because I was trying to think of a way that we could um, clean our hearts, right, and have pure hearts while we remember to wash our hands and have clean hands, right. So this week it's going to be my intention, and I hope it will be yours as you wash your hands to do this little prayer, um, and we'll do a, we'll try and do a call and response, right. So. Um, so pretend like you're, let's actually pretend like we're putting on our masks first. We're putting on our masks. God, may the words that come out of my mouth be words of love. God, may I show your love through my eyes. And now as I'm washing my hands 87 times a day, we'll do this. <laughs> may my hands be clean. May my, heart be clean also. May my heart be clean also. May I be pure, I be pure. And, show and show your love. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks y'all.
2: Let's pray. Create in us clean hearts, O God, that all that we say and do would please you. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Mark. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, that is Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips but their hearts are far from me in vain do they worship me teaching human precepts and doctrines you abandon the commandment of god and hold to human tradition then he called the crowd again and said to them listen to me all of you and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile but the things that come out are what defile For it is from within from the human heart that evil intentions come fornication theft murder adultery avarice wickedness deceit licentiousness envy slander pride folly all these evil things come from within and they defile a person this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god so in preparation for this sermon I did a Google search using the words unjust laws. Google returned 28,400,000 results in 0.61 seconds. It was fascinating. One article outlined 10 local laws that may be doing more harm than good. I mean, the article pointed out that most laws are conceived with good intentions, but sometimes they have unintended consequences that are harmful. And these harmful consequences most often have the greatest impact on the most vulnerable in our society. The article cited as one example, the imposition of fines for minor offenses. So y'all, I struggle with speed limits. So I have had my fair share of speeding tickets. I learned at a very young age that in North Carolina, if you're driving more than 15 miles over the speed limit, that's a misdemeanor. And you can have your license revoked. Luckily for me, at my court hearing, the judge took mercy on me. And rather than suspend my license, gave me what felt to me at the time like an exorbitant fine and made me take defensive driving, which cost even more money. Now, fortunately, while the fees and the expenses were very high and did absolutely deter me from speeding, at least going that fast in the future, I was able to pay the fines or maybe it would be more honest to say my parents were able to pay the fines, and I took the driving course, and life went on. Latrice Harry of Vallejo, California, was not so fortunate. A traffic ticket that she couldn't afford to pay, with the addition of penalties and late fees, just snowballed until eventually it was a $1,400 penalty. She couldn't pay it. AND HER DRIVER'S LICENSE WAS SUBSEQUENTLY SUSPENDED. AND OF COURSE, WITHOUT THE ABILITY TO DRIVE, Latrice LOST HER JOB, AND WITHOUT HER JOB, IT MADE IT EVEN MORE IMPOSSIBLE TO PAY THE FINE, AND COMPROMISED HER ABILITY TO VISIT HER CHILDREN ON A REGULAR BASIS. SOMETIMES OUR WELL-MEANING LAWS, RULES AND TRADITIONS, WHEN THEY ARE DIVORCED FROM COMPASSION, CAN DO MORE HARM THAN GOOD. And Jesus is not shy about pointing that out. Y'all, Jesus is on a roll. In Mark's gospel, he moves fast. He has already fed more than 5,000 men, women, and children with five loaves of bread and two fish. He's already walked on water, and he's demonstrated mastery over nature by calming a storm. And he's healed more people than you could count. He's famous. Everybody knows who he is. Even King Herod knows and fears Jesus. And the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes or the legal experts, they absolutely know who Jesus is. And some of these religious leaders, not all, but some attempt to discredit him. Now, I stress that it's some and not all Jewish religious leaders because, unfortunately, Too often, scripture that sets Jesus at odds with his fellow Jews gets appropriated to justify anti-Semitic violence. And y'all, we cannot forget that Jesus was a Jew. He was a very faithful Jewish man who came to share the good news first with his Jewish community. And his primary message was one of love. So anti-Semitic attitudes and the hateful and violent acts that are born of them have no place in a faith movement that claims Jesus as their leader. None. Period. So some Jewish religious leaders, in an attempt to publicly discredit Jesus, call he and his disciples out. And it's not the first time that they've done this. They have been on Jesus's case for a little while now, harping on their failure to fast, on their Sabbath violations, and now this, on hand washing. Now certainly, we all know, as Misty pointed out, the value of clean hands, especially since March of 2020. We have cleaned our hands constantly, even before COVID-19. We told our kids to wash their hands, especially before they ate. When I visit people in the hospital, I clean my hands using one of the hundreds of sanitation stations that line the walls before I enter the hospital room. Because we know that one of the best ways to prevent the spread of germs that lead to disease is to have clean hands. Clean hands matter, so we wash them. Now hand-washing in the context of this particular story was not primarily about sanitizing oneself by scrubbing with soap and water to prevent the spread of germs. It was a tradition of ritual cleansing meant to demonstrate piety. Think of it as a spiritual practice, right? We have a lot of those. We pray, we come to worship, we read and study scripture, sometimes we fast. Just to name a few, all are spiritual practices that are well intended and they are meant to draw us closer to God. They are meant to form us into the people of God. But Jesus has this annoying habit of weighing the laws and traditions of his faith against what is right and just and meaningful and most helpful in the moment. Now it's annoying because for some including some of the religious leaders, their laws and traditions have become idols. They hold so tightly to them that they've lost sight of the one that they seek to honor and, uh, and draw closer to through these practices. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition, Jesus says. And then the lectionary cuts the next five verses. But these are important verses because it's right here that Jesus cites a case study. So we're going to read them. Then Jesus said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must surely die. But you say that if anyone tells father or mother, whatever support you might have had for me is Corbin, that is an offering to God, then you no longer permit doing anything for a father or mother, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on. And you do many things like this. So, what's Jesus talking about? God's fifth commandment says honor your father and your mother. Now this was understood in part to mean that children were to support their parents as they aged and could no longer provide for themselves. There was also a widely held principle referred to as Corban. Now Corban means an offering that is set apart for God. So when something is set apart, For God, it cannot be used for any other purpose. So, it was taught that if you stated that the money you would have otherwise used to support your parents had been dedicated to God, then you were freed from the obligation to support your parents. Their misuse or distortion of Corbin had become a rationale for neglecting the responsibility to their parents that God had commanded. Jesus was a faithful Jew, but strictly speaking, he was not a faithful rule follower. He would violate human laws and traditions when they conflicted with God's commandments, the greatest of which, as we all know, Jesus makes it abundantly clear in all the Gospels, is to love, to love God and to love neighbor. For the sake of love, Jesus reached out and touched a man suffering from leprosy in order to heal him, even though it made his hands unclean. For the sake of love, Jesus called a Jewish tax collector, someone who was understood at that time to be collaborating with the Roman occupying government, the, the occupiers of Jerusalem. Jerusalem to be one of his disciples and then he proceeded to go and eat at his house with a whole bunch of other tax collectors and sinners, scripture says, even though to do so made him ritually unclean. For the sake of love, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath in the synagogue, violating the law about performing work on God's day of rest, even though it made him ritually unclean. When Jesus challenges the laws and traditions of his time, he does so for the sake of demonstrating God's law of love, a love that calls us to justice and mercy. These are two other essential spiritual practices, by the way. In the case of hand washing, Jesus said, It's not what goes into us that makes us unclean. It's what comes out because it's from within, out of the human heart, that our intentions come. The heart was thought to be the center and source of a person's will and their decision-making abilities. So any evil intention comes from the heart, making our words and our actions unclean. And it's This that defiles us and dishonors God. It's more important to have clean hearts than to have clean hands, Jesus says. So the question this text asks of us is, do our attitudes and actions reflect love for God and compassion for others? Or do we hide behind rules and laws and traditions to avoid risking self, to avoid being changed? Do we hold up our faithful adherence to spiritual practices as evidence that we are faithful? Or do we allow those practices to form and transform us into those who faithfully practice The law of love. We humans, we like order and structure. I mean, it helps us to feel secure. One of the very first things that we do when we bring home a new baby is we establish order. We set up a schedule around which to organize their sleeping and their eating. Children like routine, we say. It helps them to feel safe. I mean, when we can predict what's coming next, we experience less anxiety. Laws organize communities and societies. Doctrines articulate our beliefs. Spiritual practices shape a life of faith. But when we hold these so rigidly that we no longer are able to hear and respond to the heart of God expressed through the Holy Spirit, we too become idolaters. We see it today. We see it in modern day society with laws that are unjust or that have unjust consequences. We see it in modern day church, in the United Methodist Church, with wording in our book of discipline that governs church order, that discriminates against our LGBTQ siblings. We see it in our own lives when our spiritual practices become an end unto themselves rather than a means to a faithful expression of God's heart. Jesus asks us, will you follow human law and have clean hands? Or will you follow God and have a clean heart? It's a good question. You know, Pontius Pilate, Pilate, the Roman governor of Jerusalem, who presided at Jesus' trial, he had clean hands. Remember, he washed them right before he sentenced Jesus to crucifixion. Clean hands or clean hearts? It's a worthy question. It's a worthy thing to meditate on I love Misty's suggestion that in the week to come each time we wash our hands that we reflect on the state of our hearts these days that will give us lots of opportunity God's desire for justice and mercy God's desire for deeper intimacy with each and every one of us seeks a reality Where hands and heart are of one mind, clean, and in full service to God's greatest commandment, the law of love. And for that I say, thanks be to God. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Tracy. I love the ministries of this church internally, kids, youth, all the different groups, classes, the congregational care that takes place, and then outside of the church walls, the ways that you all, that we all serve and support our community. I think it's beautiful. And I'm proud to be a part of supporting that work. Not just because I work here, but because I'm really proud of the work of Westlake UMC. And so I want to encourage you as we prepare our hearts to give today as an expression of gratitude and worship. To think about the ways in which this church means so much to you and the reasons that you support it yourselves. Well, there are a few ways that you can give to support the work of Westlake UMC. The first is to go to our website, westlake-umc.org. Uh, You can make a one-time gift or you can set up recurring gifts. It's easy. It's convenient. It's what my family does because it just works for us. Uh, You can text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256. You'll receive a message with a link to give. And then you can uh, mail a check to the church at any time that's convenient for you. Or you can give here in person. Uh, You can drop uh, check or cash or whatever in the uh, offering plate in the Narthex on your way out today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your commitment to making our church a more loving place and to making our world a better place to live as well. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Nina and Stephen. That was beautiful. Well friends, let's offer our prayers to God as an expression of love for one another, for our community, and for our world. And for those of you worshiping online, I want to invite you to offer any joys or concerns that you might have in the text or in the chat or the comment section there. Let's pray together. God, we celebrate the 18th wedding anniversary for Aisha and Lars Hagen and the 27th wedding anniversary for Sherry Bowen and Bob Pierce. We celebrate the birthdays of Jerry Becker, Diana and Emma Bouchong, Jerry Fane, and one of our founding members, Beverly Thomas. We also celebrate the birth of Baby Wells, grandson of Siobhan Iceman, and son to Karen Iceman and Otis Brower. We celebrate with Logan Bennett for earning a master's degree in social work from the University of Denver. We give thanks for all the teachers, staff, and children in our preschool, and we are so grateful as they start a new school year. As cases of COVID-19 spike all over, we give thanks for all of the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives. God, may they know your strength, and may they know our support. And today, especially, we lift up Luis Alberto Sanchez Hernandez, who is fighting to hold on to life, because of his battle with COVID. We pray for healing and comfort for his family. God, we offer you our concerns. You understand the relational, spiritual, emotional, and financial needs that we're facing. And we know that you are with us and we know that you will direct us. May your comfort and your peace be made known to those who are grieving. We pray for all those who have experienced the destruction of the recent earthquake and tropical storm in Haiti. We ask that generosity and compassion would be added to skill and careful planning as relief, uh, as relief happens in the rebuilding efforts after these storms and after this earthquake. And for those in the path of Hurricane Ida in New Orleans and along the coast of Louisiana, may they know protection and relief after the storm we also pray for all those who have experienced violence and loss in afghanistan we lift up our military as they work to evacuate people may they know strength and protection and we pray for the families of those who lost loved ones in the bombings this week both our military personnel and afghan civilians in the midst of the taliban's takeover of the government there is so much unrest and fear as people prepare for the worst. There is so much pain felt on so many levels, and we pray that those with a desire for a just and equitable society might find ways to the forefront, and that peace may be accompanied by justice for every citizen. Let's take these next few moments of silence to offer up to God that which weighs so heavily upon us. And now we pray with faith, we pray with conviction, believing this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples saying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Our sending hymn this morning is number 160 in the hymnal, Rejoice, Ye Pure in Heart. Let's stand as we meditate on these words together.
2: in us clean hearts, O God. As we go out this week, I hope we will each continue to meditate on the state of our hearts, even as we clean our hands. And as we go, we know that the love of God, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit are with each and every one of us now and remains with us always. Amen.